Lee family, and welcome to the returning. We have returned again this morning from an incredible night last night. It was rich, and if you didn't catch it, feel free to go back. All of these are going to be posted by Sunday afternoon. So if you want to go back, if you missed last night, you want to see it again. After Sunday, like after 4 o'clock, you'll be able to go back and watch. And I, I want to encourage each of us to go back and listen again because I guarantee you that you only caught a little part of what the Lord was saying. And each time you steep yourself in it, you immerse yourself in it with a heart open to hear, you're going to hear something more. You're going to hear something deeper. It's going to touch something that's going to lead you somewhere else, that's going to lead you deeper into encounter. So this morning, we're going to begin right into our time of worship. And I just want to step into a place of prayer. Play the right notes on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, Holy One, we worship you. We glorify you. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are the sovereign Lord. You indeed are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now we come and we present ourselves to you to give you honor, to give you praise to declare all dominion is yours and all power is yours, Lord God. In this moment, Lord, let your spirit rise. Let it touch each one of us, all of us here in the room and everyone who's joining us online. Let your spirit rise in our midst. Let it increase, let us decrease, that your presence would be seen and felt, heard and encountered in this moment. Open our ears to hear. Open our eyes to see you as you speak to us this morning, that we may behold you, that we may glorify you with all that we have, God. To you, Lord God, be all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.
All of creation praises Jesus. Let all creation sing your name. All of creation rises before you. All of creation bows before you.
Take and seal it for your cause, oh God. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it for your cause, oh
to play over us and if we could just get in a posture of receiving for a second because I feel like the Lord's singing I feel like he's singing over us and so we're just gonna let our hearts be at rest and as Steve plays the violin um, I just believe the Lord's he's touching people I just see like his hand on people's hearts and he's just gonna he's just gonna and fill us so yeah we receive jesus
thank you for your presence in this place, God. Thank you for singing over us. Thank you for moving. Thank you for, even in our rest, God, you're moving, and I thank you. We just give you this whole day, God, in Jesus' name. Once again, just step in. Just step in. Step into the light, step into the love, step into the presence of His being in this moment. Just come in, just come in. Bring all of you into all of Him. receive all that you're doing right now. I receive goodness from your hand. I receive your presence. I receive your sovereignty and your lordship over my life in this moment and for all time. I receive you, all of you, receive. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, if you can, go ahead and have a seat. Thank you, worship team.
Good morning, and welcome. Um, I, I'm going to start here. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not speaking this morning. I'm just welcoming you. But um, yeah, I'm just going to take a second. returning is the desire of his heart. And there are places in my heart that have been far away and I haven't realized it because of all the places that are close. <clears throat> And I just focus on the places that are close because it feels good. And I try not to pay attention to the parts that are far away. And when Steve began to play, I just heard him reaching really deep. I heard him reaching deep into my heart to the places that I had forgotten were far away. heard him reaching way in to those places that I haven't paid attention to because there's so much up front to pay attention to. And he just said, it's my mercy. It's my mercy that goes after those places in the back those places that you've shoved aside, that you've pushed away, where you're like, I, I don't have room for that. I don't know what to do with that. It's unresolved, and I don't know what to do, so I'm just going gonna, gonna to set it back there, and I'm going to worship you up here. And he says, I want to worship with you back there. I want to meet with you back there in the places that you hide in the back, that you shove in the back because you're in grief or in sorrow or just confusion and you don't know what to do in those places. And he says, I'm going to sit here until you come join me there. The places where you thought you lost you. I want to come, I'm going to hang out there until you're willing to come and sit with me there and worship me there in the loss, in the grief, in the sorrow, in the confusion, in the darkness, in the shame. And I just felt the tenderness and the goodness and yet 
the ferocity of his love for all of those parts that I don't want to bring forward. They're all mine anyway. When my son gave his life for your redemption, he didn't just give it for the shiny parts that you're comfortable with, with the parts you do well, with the places where you have testimony because you've seen me show up. He died for what's back there as well. For all of you. And his redemption of all of you was his gift to me. He went after every single one of my children and he gave the most perfect sacrifice that lacks nothing to redeem all of you. And then he gave all of you to me as my gift from him. And now, if you will meet me in all of these places, then I will prepare you to be the gift I give back to him. This is a love story between a father and a son, and a son to his father, and a father to his son. And he did it. He, he won all of yourself. So now, would you return? Would you come? Would you come be with me in the places that you've been trying to avoid? Because I will bring such glory. I will turn your sorrow into triumph. I will take your ashes and I will make gold refined by fire. Return to me. Return to me. All of you. You will find me when you search for me with your whole entire heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for healing right now in this moment. Thank you for freeing us right now in this moment. Every place of shame, see it as that stone in your heart and pull it out and hand it to the Lord and let him give you a stone of flesh. Let him give you that heart of flesh. Every offense, every wound, every grief, every sorrow, reach into your heart and find that stone and pull it out and offer it to him that he can give you the gift of his heart of flesh. Receive today, receive, receive forgiveness, receive acceptance, receive healing. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's supernatural and it's true.
just receive, 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 receive a heart of flesh, receive a heart of flesh, receive a heart of flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So because this is never ending, <laughs> I'm going to welcome all of you this morning, but it, it doesn't interrupt anything. What he's doing is eternal. So if you're in it, stay in it. Stay in it. We're able in the spirit to come and go, to go in and out in presence with him and just carry it in that place. Um. I, I want to let you guys know some of the resources that we have available for this journey of listening and of hearing of what the Lord is saying in this moment. This is, this is a, you know, we've called this the returning. We could have called it the listening because we're really just here to hear. We're not here to do. We're here to hear that we might see differently. And so often in the word, it talks about hearing and then seeing. It says, I turned to see the voice. It means he heard it first. And so we're listening inside of each person's word, inside of each person's prayer, inside of each person's testimony. What are you saying? Let me turn and see, let me behold you in a way I haven't before in the midst of that. So I want to I talk about, because we're here now, but it's about equipping. It's about equipping all of us to be a company of worshiping saints that walk by hearing first not by sight. If we base what we do on what we're seeing, we will be easily booted off our place. We will be moved and motivated by our soul and not his voice. We are being trained to hear his voice in the midst of the clamor in the midst of the calamity, in the midst of our circumstances being unstable, to listen for the whisper. We sang it last night. We sang it Wednesday. It's not in the crashing waves. It's not in the mountains shaking, and it's not in the chaos of humanity. It's the whisper that speaks louder than all of that. And as we listen and we turn, then we'll see him and then we'll be exactly where he wants us to be 
um, Pastor has written several books on his journey. And this isn't about we're trying to sell things. We're wanting to equip in the river that we're all in. And there are so many incredible teachers and incredible voices and incredible prophets. And now with the internet and especially with COVID, you can be listening to five podcasts a day and watching 14 YouTubes a day and, and of all these incredible speakers and incredible prophets and incredible people. And I'm not telling you not to listen to them. But I am asking and challenging each one of us that we will first train our soul to be still and to hear his voice before anyone else's. Because that's the one I'm accountable for first. Did you hear my voice? Well, Lord, but this prophet said, did you hear my voice? And so we've got some books and, and, and what they are is resources to help us in this training of listening. And that's all they are. They're just resources for training for training us to posture ourselves under the voice, first and foremost. These books don't promote Jubilee. These books don't promote Pastor Steve. They're training manuals born out of his life training to listen under, to hear under the one voice in the midst of some pretty awful circumstances and some pretty boring ones and some pretty normal ones and some pretty super exciting ones. Um, I'm just going to present them to you real quick. So we have the River of Forgiveness, and, and this is a workbook. And it says, the Holy Spirit is demonstrating the forgiveness of Jesus by touching deep places in our lives and removing trauma. That's what we just did. That was this moment where he said, let me back there. That was exactly what this is. He's stepping in to remove trauma in the deep places. He's leaving Jesus triumphant in that place where the pain presently, previously ruled. And that's what we did when we took out that stone out of our heart and he gave us the heart of flesh. He's giving us himself. He's giving us Jesus in that place. There's a place in Jesus where his forgiveness is so complete that all earthly contentions have no place. Where forgiveness becomes generosity where loss has become our gain, and where we are not even aware of what has been done to destroy us. That's the overcoming life. I can bear all the marks of the war in my life and still be victorious and not even care, and not even care, because all my loss is for his gain. This is the overcoming. This is what Satan cannot understand about the bride of Christ. When she can be in the midst of the most craziest chaos and terror and go, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep me until that day. That is what makes us a glorious, victorious, overcoming bride. Saved your seat. This is a devotional 
kind of testimony story, and it's done in, in really short little blips, like three pages each, each chapter. There's like a gajillion chapters, and they're only like three pages each. And what it is, it's the story of Jubilee and the story that Steve's been through and where our church was in revival um, several years ago. And when the Lord asked him, do you want this or do you want me? Who knows that when God asks you a question, you're like, uh, what do you say? And the Lord asked in the midst of revival, do you want this or do you want me? And this book is about his response and what followed. And all of that was so that we could be trained right now in this moment to live in this overcoming life. So that one, it's really fun. I like it. I go back to it a lot. Whatever, I win. It's kind of a follow-up, but it takes us a little deeper into places and questions like, will the second advent of Jesus Christ be some end-of-the-world cataclysmic fallout for the bailout of the church? Is the overcoming Christianity described in Revelation 12 only for the few who can tough it out? I walk with God, I serve him. Why doesn't he airlift me out of this place? So some really great questions are answered in this book. Again, training us to hear under the voice. And then lastly, book-wise, a speckle from God. This is a little parable that Pastor wrote, and it talks about how when we get a vision from God, if we make that vision more important than God himself, we will lose both. Check it out. There's prices for all of them. I'm going to give you a conference bonus price of $25 for all four. So you want to buy them, give them away. I'm a peddler. I'm like a drug, I'm like a drug dealer. When I get something good, I'm like, oh, you got to have this. Oh, you got to have this. Come on, taste it. And then um, last and I'll move on, is our album that we uh, released last December, and Come and Meet a Man, and uh, it starts with inheritance, and if you will actually listen to the lyrics, it's a song training us of everything we're talking about right now, of stepping inside Jesus to live above our present circumstances. And so every song is theology, it's teaching, and it's good music too. <laughs> for what God, excuse me, for what God is doing in and through this one little portion of the bride called Jubilee. So I don't even know if any of you have CD players anymore. If you don't, you can go online, you can listen on YouTube on our Jubilee Company Worship channel. If you search Jubilee Company Worship, we've got videos there and we've got the songs there. Or you can go to Apple, uh, Spotify, any of those, and you can download the album to keep. But this is, these are the training tools that we've been given here right now. So if you find yourself going, I don't know what to do, he saved your seat. Pick it up. Maybe forgive somebody. I don't know. Whatever. My kids love this title. They're like, whatever, I win. It's so great. So, and don't forget the speckle. All right. Well, bless you. We're going to welcome you. Great. Let's welcome Pastor. What a day. What a glorious day. I'm going to... 
give you a framework real quick of where we're going and you make those you make those books sound better than they they are <laughs> all right i met last night was fabulous i really just was taken back i, I was in deanna came up to the call of desire returning to desire letting god's desire delighting in him be all through the word through through prayer and all the ways and then eddie came and spoke of the I'm going to stand on the wall. I'm going to watch to see what he, I, how I will respond when he corrects me. And he gave us simple truth. Rosie followed up with stand in your place, hold your place, rise up. Don't let yourself be held down. And then Brian spoke about returning, <laughs> bringing all the fragmentations of life. So we've got nine sharers to this uh, session before lunch at one. And I want to give everybody ample time to do and share their part. So I'm going to begin with Kathy McCoy. These are all watchers. We call our Wednesday uh, 6 to 6 a, a day of watching and prayer. And we have two-hour sessions that go from the even hours and, and out of this. That's why we're feeling such an imminence of presence, because this is how it is on Wednesdays. So we just I want to, we've been hearing this sound. We want to hear what now with the manifold wisdom of God coming forth in this and so, Kathy McCoy, come on up, please. Good job. Bless you. Stay. Do I do I stay here for like while they pray, or do I go sit down? Oh, let me. Look. You're gonna. Uh, everyone's gonna share, and we do this, and then you're gonna impart it. So after you've shared the. the part of truth and I want you to release it okay. and we'll stand up to, to receive and then you can go sit down. And do I open up with prayer or something? No, you don't have to. We already did, but you can if you need to. Okay. Whenever I don't know what to do, I stop and pray. <laughs> so Amen. You, I'm going to start praying. <laughs> well, since we're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, do you all know what that is? Yep. It's 10 days of dwelling with the Lord. And we have a beautiful sukkah over here. Thank you. Um, bear with me. My memory kind of stayed outside the door, so I'm trying to remember. Um, Becky's daughter. Allie. Thank you. Allie, beautiful job, honey. I really love it. Wonderful. Well, in the Feast of Tabernacles, the tabernacle is really the place of dwelling and the Lord calls us apart separately to just be with him and to focus on him and to shut out everything else. And if you'll notice, the walls of the sukkah are, are relatively solid, but the roof is just sparse. It's opened up to the skies so that when you're in that dwelling place and you look up, what do you see? Your redemption drawing nigh in the face of Jesus Christ. He never leaves. He never departs. And I want to share just slightly um, what the tabernacle means, or the sukkah, if you will. In the Bible, it's called tabernacle in English, in the King James. <laughs> but um, it's comprised of a lot of components. And you come, when Jesus died, first of all, he died after this 
tabernacle or Sukkot was already in motion with the Israelites. But prior to that, the, the Israelites were so used to going as a crowd everywhere they went, right? And he wanted to make a specific way for them to approach him. Have you ever wondered, how do I get to God? Probably you're all seasoned, so no, you don't wonder that anymore. But there's people that don't know how to approach God. Well, there were the masses of people, and he showed Moses. I don't know if Moses fully understood what he was actually doing, but he obeyed God and did it. And it was to create, um, I don't know, about 40 feet long uh, structure, like a fence around it. And there was a gate at the very front of it, sort of like there's a gate right there. And it was the gateway to come in to his presence. Within, within the structure that was built, sort of like a 10-foot uh, high wall of fabric and different things, the first thing was to come through the door. And that's what each one of us have, have done. We've come through the door of salvation. But when you come, most of us, it's like you realize how unworthy you are to come into his presence. You yearn for it. You want it. You begin to learn how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And that's the beginning. That's the beginning. You come in through that gate of the whole perimeter, and the first, well, actually, outside the gate is what's called a laver. And that's where you get washed off and clean before you come in the gate. That's the first thing that has to be done to be received by the Father. Is the, and for us, it's baptism. That's the first experience. And you, you shed your sins. You ask forgiveness. You come through the gate. The next thing you see is the altar of sacrifice. And that's where those things you've been carrying, you let go of. Oh, but God, they're so, they're so valuable. And he goes, even more so, honey, lay it down, please, at the altar. Will you give it to me? Don't worry. Just do it. And by faith, you walk. That's the second part within the tabernacle. The third part, as you're going, I think you're going northward at this point, or eastward. You'd be going eastward. On the left-hand side is what's called a menorah, or it's a seven uh, candlestick but they're tall, they're really big. And those candlesticks actually are what light up the interior of the tabernacle. So I think we have a very small menorah in there, but it's lit. And what is Jesus? Thank you, yay, good, okay. Am I supposed to be talking like this? You can, yeah, okay. you just got five minutes to talk about okay, whatever good. you want. Five minutes for and go through the tabernacle. <laughs> Um, Go for it. I think it's but, really the Lord. Huh? I think it's really the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. here now. So the menorah is the light of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the light of the world. The second, on the, on the right-hand side, as you go in, you have what's called the showbread table. Mm -hmm. And showbread is really the communion table. It's broken bread. Actually, it's like um, sort of like tortillas, but it's flat bread, and it... It's part, the, the priests partake of it. It's broken. What does that represent? It re represents Jesus' broken body. The menorah is the Jesus is the light of the world. You partake of his broken body, and you come right into the center. But there's a big wall of curtain, and you can't see what's behind it unless you're the priest. How many of you are priests of Jesus Christ or the Most High God? 
Okay, so you're allowed to go in. But before you go in, this, it's the veil. And um, let's see, is there something before that? But anyways, you go in and you'll see what is called the Ark of the Covenant. Have any of you ever seen pictures of the Ark of the Covenant? It's where theoretically, but in reality, in the spirit realm, is the presence of the Lord. And he's, it doesn't touch the ground. It's carried on the shoulders of the priests with um, poles on either side of it, four men, sometimes six, carrying this on their shoulder, carrying the presence of the Lord into that room. That room, oh, I used to know the dimensions, but the, the whole thing is it's a progression of entering into his presence. And each step of the way, you're letting go of things and you're taking new things on. And it's like our walk with Jesus Christ. And if you embrace it, you begin to understand He'll give me what I desire if I'll let go of what he doesn't desire. Mm. And each step, it's like an unraveling of ourself, but it's a putting on of Jesus Christ on our lives. So it doesn't matter how old you are, that can really occur in a young person, you know, below teenagers, and in an old person who has carried it their lives and it becomes just the way you live. You don't even have to think about it. You're just, you're just in that place, but with the continual hunger to go deeper and deeper. So I'm gonna just open us up with prayer. And Father God, I thank you for the, the beauty and the perfection. Let's all stand so we can receive. You're gonna release that tabernacle vision to all of us. I, that's why we all stand. Okay, please stand, yeah. And we just release the message of the tabernacle, Lord. It's your heart's desire. I thank you, Lord, that you came to earth and you manifested yourself behind the veil. But the veil was ripped open. And none of us have to go through any procedures except to see you with a clean heart, a broken heart and clean hands and stand face to face before you. I thank you, Lord, that you paved the way that as we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, we draw ever closer to you with each step. Thank you that our lives are representing you in the earth today. Thank you that you can use each one of us, Lord God, as we look up into your beautiful face. Thank you that you yield to us and look at us eye to eye. Thank you that you have cleansed us and drawn us into your presence. We thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So if anybody Amen. wants to, Amen. Add, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. No, that was perfect. I know you didn't plan it, but that was what God wanted you to say because of the tabernacle and what Diana just witnessed. So we're in a flow. Uh, Chris Dickren's going to share. This is like a prayer meeting. So you, one of the things I want to encourage you to is if you're close enough and if even if you're far away we are opening and for more and more people to join in these prayer watches so we can practice that priestly ministry that Kathy just shared so well the tabernacle is an important place to be and that's what we do when we have our prayer time here in the different shifts and different times that we come in we come in humbly but we come in first and foremost as a family and we sit here and we look at each other and we see the whole person not the holy one sometimes we see tears sometimes we see brokenness in their faces or in their actions because they're going through things 
But as a family, we can come and pray together. And the thing that we learn so much is Jesus is the living word. And the word is alive. And we must believe that. He's alive and he's here with us. And as we come together as a family, as friends, as, as united, he is so pleased. He is so pleased. And then somebody will say a scripture, perhaps, or sing a song, and it releases something in your spirit. And then your heart starts to sing or hear that scripture that'll change your heart. And it's beautiful. And then somebody else will pick it up with another word, and it expands. I was going to bring a picture of a half-painted picture, but it wouldn't show well. But that's how I feel when I come in here to pray. I have a few drops of paint and my picture is maybe 10% done. But when I come in, who's ever here, they carry the same thing. Yeah. And their picture is a little different. They start maybe in the corner where mine's down here. And by the time we're done, everybody has contributed the most beautiful tapestry of painting yeah. because it's Jesus in the middle. See, the Lord shows up, and in Song of Solomon, it tells you, my favorite book, he tells you that he, he desires your presence. He wants to speak into you. He wants to breathe life into you. Oh, I'm already at that point. <laughs> yeah. He wants to breathe life into you. He did that when you were born as a baby. He breathed life into you. But he breathes life into us every day if you let him. He tells us over and over in his word, which is alive, that he desires your presence. He desires to breathe into you his truth, his unconditional love. And we, we, we find that as we, we pray together. No one's any better than anybody else, but we all have a little bit different perspective because their part of the painting is different than the mine. But together, together as a family, we can pour out our heart and not feel condemned. He's so special. And if I'm crying or someone else is, we don't say, oh, look at them. God's on the throne and he's working through a heart because it's always a heart issue. Yeah. Everything is a heart issue. Yes, 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 it is. It's not this. This is going to fade and it already is. <laughs> it's just a tent, but it's the heart. And when you can speak from your heart because you're free to and in the environment of of family, then the Lord moves greatly. And then somebody else speaks because we honor each other. We don't take too terribly long and dominate. 
but the tenderness that we can see and feel and hear and see it be magnified and grow. I think last week we had somebody say something like they could see a little fire out here in the middle of all of us. But it wasn't going out. It was just silly little embers, and that's what God sees in our hearts is embers of his existence. And he says, let me breathe on it. Let me breathe life into you. And that little fire, it warms all our hearts for more of him. And we see the light of his glory. We see his presence. We see his unconditional love that manifests so greatly. But the thing is, when his living word comes to us, we, we say it, so we speak it out, which is awesome. Many times we sit there and go, oh, where'd that come from? But the neat thing about it is we receive it, but when it comes through us, it takes the garbage out of our lives. He purifies us as we repeat his words. So when we're here, we grow. We grow in his life. We grow in his revelation. We grow in his love. Because I can go home and just sit there and go, what happened? God showed up. That's what happened. And then we honor him constantly. We pray for whatever he puts on our hearts. But we honor him because he is the king. He's the living word. He's the faithful one. He's everything. Because without him, we're just dust. So the prayer time is extremely special. And corporate prayer is magnificent. Because like I say, maybe one person has something and then the person over here has something else and it builds and builds and builds to this beautiful picture of his presence in all our lives. And in doing so, we honor the creator who dwells within each and every one of us and the uniqueness mm -hmm. that he put into each and every one of us is to his glory and his wonderfulness. Yes, yes. And we're special because he created us special yes. to yes. honor him yes. and magnify him yes. and praise him because only he is worthy. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the presentation, but now I want the impartation, right? Please, thank you, Chris. That's good. Lord, we come before you this morning humbly, humbly, because you are the Almighty One. But we don't come broken. We come whole because you are girding us up. You are infilling us with your wonderfulness. You are the one who desires us more than we even desire you. So, Lord, I thank you that you desire to fill our hearts, cleanse our minds of the garbage of this world, renew our souls with passion for you that we never understood. That passion burns in our hearts now and forevermore. And like it's been said, in the midst of the turmoil, Lord, we look up and we know you're with us so we can face it. So, oh Lord, I ask that you 
pour more of yourself into each one of us. Expand our tent pegs of our hearts so we can receive. Receive, but not to just hang on to, but to pour out your word, your incredible love and acceptance upon all that we meet. So thank you, Father, loving Father, for all that you are and all that you do. Bless you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Larry, Larry Hicks. This is rich, what's coming forth. Come on up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, otherwise we will all know that you're going to get them. <laughs> yeah, I was on my line, and well, I was online uh, last Wednesday, and I was about to say, wait a minute. I need my glasses. I need to read it. <laughs> so I just went over to get it, and Steve reminded me, you know, you're online, and all of a sudden you've disappeared. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I made sure I, re I remembered them. Um, what, what I have to say is different. I warn you right now. It's because uh, maybe I'm different. I don't know. But I, I view things a little bit differently. And uh, I love the intimacy in the church. But to me, and I'm very intimate with the Lord, you know, we, I, I talk to him like I would talk to a person, you know, all the time. You know, he's my, my best friend. I, I read the word and we go over it and, and he shows me things. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a good relationship. I, and he, for me, he's the Lion of Judah. And I guess I'm a, I'm a doer. <laughs> uh, Diana is not a doer, and, but I am. And so what I'm going to talk about is what we, what we do with all this intimacy and in taking it out to the rest of the world beyond these, beyond these uh, walls. How I, I see in the country how, how the enemy has hijacked, you know, government, public education, and I asked, where's the church? Where's the church? And I think the Lord's going to change that. I think there's, there's a mighty revival coming where we're going to be equipped. And I keep coming to this church because uh, a pastor friend of mine says, well, what's Jubilee about? I said, intimacy with a big eye. And he said, well, what else? I said, oh, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Intimacy. <laughs> and I, I ran that by Steve, and he said, yeah, that, that would be a, a key thing. But I know, I know that Steve listens to the Lord, and that's, I never criticize anything that goes on in here. Uh, it just let me present a, a little bit different perspective. And the Lord told me to use the word always, you know, forget my New York opinions. And unless, they're, unless they're washed in the word. <laughs> when you're serving the Lord. Now, I can talk, you know, I can talk football or something like that and have all kinds of opinions. But when I'm representing Christ, I have to be very careful to uh, stick with the scriptures. So I've got scriptures. Uh, so I want to start off with uh, a new thing uh, that he's doing with his 
body that he's about to do with his body of believers. Um, one of the things that's concerned me is I, I don't see the church right now the way it is, changing the whole world like he said he's going to do, which means to me he's going to change the church. Because there's a billion of us, but there's six billion more that don't know him. And we can keep it that way and, and enjoy him. And I'm all for that. I would never want to uh, reduce anything that the Lord's doing here. It's very special, you know, and most churches don't have it. And, but there's more. He's, he wants his church to be his body that moves with him and serves him. He does it all, but serves him. And um, let's see, 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. I have written down in my notes. All the scriptures I used are scriptures that I came up with, that I saw and wrote down just in the last couple of weeks. I just stuck there because I didn't have to go any further because he's he showed me a lot, and I've been studying uh, Corinthians. First Corinthians is the latest one. Let's see, I gotta go back and remember, old age. Uh, First Corinthians 15, 16. And it says, after this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up. Then 15.17 says, So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. The rest of mankind, even all the Gentiles. who, And, of course, that was referring to Gentiles in those days. Uh, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. And so I said, well, yeah, that's interesting. And I know about the tabernacle of David. I, I know how it was so different than the, than the, main, the, 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 uh, the main place of worship. And it was different because everything did not have to go through the priests. I mean, I assume they were there, but there was a connection to God for every man. It was an every man tabernacle. It was for every man to come and relate. And it was very unusual. And uh, a lot of people got mad at David for doing that thing and not sticking with the rules that the Pharisees have come up with. And, and the Pharisees had their place. But uh, they were about rules. And he the Lord was reaching the people, was reaching the people. So I said, well, what does that mean? Return, return the tabernacle of David. And I'm thinking, taking the church to the people, taking the church to the rest of the world, including them, bringing them in to what we have. I mean, it's good to celebrate all the time what we have. And try and want to improve it and improve it and improve it, which is good. Agree with that. But at some point, we have to take it into the world. And everybody's called to different things. You know, I I know that. 
And I like evangelism. And I'm going to talk about that, what the Lord showed me, and how he equipped me to do that um, when I didn't think I could do a whole lot in that area. So <laughs> I have another next one point is, by the way, I hope these aren't speckles. I, I read your book yeah, yeah. a long time. I read all your books when a long time ago. I don't want to make this a speckle. <laughs> so my other one was leave the bleachers and get on the field and play the game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we watch and we, we, we praise and we pray for those people that are going out doing things uh, in the political realm, in the social realm, uh, telling the truth, you know, instead of what we get on the news. And we do all that, but we watch from the bleachers and say, okay, that's good, that's good. And, and we, we pray for them. But the Lord wants a church that changes the world because Satan has hijacked a lot of the world. He's hijacked a lot of people, and that's why we pray for these uh, prodigals to come back because a lot of them have heard the word and they've been hijacked, I think. That's how I look at it. And he told David to go to the Amalekite camp and keep, bring them back. Bring them back. They have no right. <laughs> they're, they're your people. They're your treasures. He went and he brought them all back, plus what they had. And he's telling the church that bring them in, bring them back, bring them back. Phil, Phil has quite a ministry when, when he's here early in the morning and we bring the baskets down and the Lord really leads him to pray for these prodigals. And he shares us, he shares with us some of what the Lord has shown him. And this is very important um, to bring these prodigals in and they're, they're coming. They're, they're, they're coming. I, I listen to prophets, and we don't talk a lot about prophets here, but I watched them, and I, I listen to other preachers, and uh, I, get, I like to hear what everybody's saying. So I get a lot of information about what the Lord's doing, and bringing back the prodigals is very high on the list, and it's going to happen. The government's going to change. The church is going to change. Okay. What talks about his shaking. He talks about his shaking. Why? Because he can't use this. <laughs> he can't use the church the way it is to do that. And and he's going to have to shake it so that we are more interested in other people besides our own our own situation our own quality of life, which we like to come here because being close to the Lord includes, I mean, improves our quality of life, and we like that, and so we want more, we want more. You know, it's a better life. <laughs> Lord told me, well, at least I had the thought, and every time I have a good thought, I think it's from the Lord. The Lord told me, <laughs> he, <laughs> oh, this is, this is radical. He says, I'm going to break... I'm going to break the heart of the church for the lost. That's what he told me. That doesn't mean everybody's going to go out 
and, and do witnessing, which I do. I, I go out maybe like four mornings. I eat breakfast. I have my tracks. Uh, I usually give out. I offer tracks to everybody there. And the management doesn't say anything. They, don't, I, they haven't had any complaints. No, I haven't offended anybody, which is amazing, which is the Lord. They just say no, and it doesn't offend me. You know, they don't owe me anything. But, and I get in conversations. I don't need too many people to the Lord because I don't push for that. I have because the Lord had already prepared them, and I just fell into it. But when, we, when I talk with other believers, everybody can hear me in there. I'm bringing Jesus in, into those. These are fast food places. I don't go to regular sit-down restaurants. I think I would, need, I would need approval from them before I went table to table in a, in a formal restaurant. But in the fast food places, they, um, they don't care what you do there. You know, people are in and out of that thing. I give them the tracks. And I do talk to some, and I'll tell you about 85% of people take them, and a lot of people have comments, which so we, we talk a little bit, and, and uh, some people have accepted the Lord simply because they were ready. So I said, well, this is how you do it, and they did it, and it was all quick. It wasn't anything, it wasn't anything I did, but the Lord had already prepared them. You know, I'm, I'm not a driver. I don't insist. I don't challenge people. Why don't you believe or something like that? I don't do that. I just give them the tract. And if they make a comment, then I, I see an opening. And I asked the Lord before this. I said, well, I, you know, I, I'm not an evangelist. I, and I know some that really drive and bring people to the Lord. And they're very good at it. And I'm not a missionary. And uh, I'm, I, I don't consider myself gifted except that how every spirit filled believer is gifted and I said you know I don't have gifts so how could I make an impact and he said <laughs> he said use what I gave you <laughs> use what you already have I said well it's not you know okay so I like to talk to people <laughs> I'm from New York so I'm used to a lot of people I can approach people without any problem. It doesn't bother me to, to approach people. So I got the tracks, and I figured, okay, I'm going to go out and do it. And, gee, everybody's taking them, you know. So I've been doing this, buddy. I've probably given, probably given out over 1,000 tracks. And i got people that help me now. I buy the tracks, and I, I give them to them. <laughs> and they give out tracks. I asked the Lord how I, could, how I could expand the ministry. He said, well, reinvent. He says, Reproduce yourself. Get other people to do it. So I could get more, but uh, the funding get, will get a little heavy if, I, if I'm funding too many people with, with all these tracks. And so the Lord used what I had, and, and, and I enjoy it. I like it. This is not even a sacrifice. My, my, Sherry, doesn't, uh, Sherry doesn't eat breakfast, so I go out and have breakfast. And... <laughs> And I, I do my tracks, and, and it's all good. Um, Romans 8.19. Are you going to another point? Uh, yeah. Because I think this point is the one we're supposed to land on. Okay. I, I think you just, you just brought, when, you, when the, you asked, well, what do I do? He said, use what you have. And then he opened your understanding of who you have and 
Mm-hmm. Would you release that over us? Yeah. Can we all stand up? I mean, aren't you, don't you hear that? I mean, this, this breaking the heart. When you said the Lord's going to break the heart of the church, I felt yeah. God's spirit come so strong upon right. us. So if you I think that's the place it's we're supposed to hear. It's a radical statement, but the, the changes are going to be radical. We're going to be radically changed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you that. I mean, this is a great church and what he's called us to do. But he's going to do something with it. So, Lord, you've prepared us wonderfully for intimacy. I mean... I, Sherry and I weren't here last Sunday, but we watched all the people praying for each other. Oh, it was beautiful. We loved it. Yes, yes, that's what it's supposed to be. All these people know how to pray, and they know how to receive prayer. And they're all doing it. Look at it, the whole congregation, you know. And so I think, okay, there's a lot right with, with this place. And uh, so, Lord... We know what's right, Lord, but there's more. And we're not real good about taking it outside. And I know you want us to to move. Uh, Some people are great at hospitality. They can invite people into their homes, hold Bible studies. Some people, everybody here is great at prayer. They can pray for people that they have no vested interest in. Just, just to pray for them. Uh, politicians, you know, that they don't like. <laughs> oh, I'd love to get them back. <laughs> they've been hijacked. They, they've been, God did not create them to be that way. And, and I love to pray for them. Bring them back. Bring them back. Let's, let's bring them back, Lord. Let's change. Yes. That will be a big factor in how, we, how, how you change things. Yes. Yes. By bringing those bring people back, back that, that are back. being ruled by the enemy. Yes. And so, so Lord, bring into what I'm saying is uh, <clears throat> Romans 12 and, and um, Colossians 3 talks about others. Give us a sense of others, yes. Lord. We're building up ourselves, and that's good. But Lord, give us a heart for others and to take what you've already given us. Yes and take it outside into our neighborhood, into our families. And um, it's not that hard. It's, it's yes. not that hard. Um, and Lord, we just pray that you move mightily amongst us and change us as you will. Change us as you will, Lord. We're here. We're ready. Ready to be changed. Yes. You know, the, I'm not going to go through all these. I'll be here all morning. I mean, uh, but my wife, Sherry, she, she goes to a, a Bible study on Monday that they have. And Mary, let's see, yeah, Mary Leone and Mary uh, Gramejo, did I pronounce her right? I know her, but I don't use the last name. They're part of it, too. And this is in Simi Valley. So they meet in the park, and they pray. People come by for prayer. Uh, last... Uh, um, Monday, three ladies came by. What are you doing? You know, I said, well, this is a prayer group. Oh, so they indicated that uh, they want to come. And so now, how's that for evangelism? All you do is just show up and do your thing, but in public. Yeah, good. And job. let people good. see who you are. Wow. See good. what the Lord's done. Yeah. So, Lord, I pray that you will give people 
and cause them to be visionary as to what you have prepared them for. Yes. What, what their strengths are and take it into the world, into their families, into their neighborhood, however they do it. I wouldn't tell them how to do it because everybody's different. And uh, Lord, we, we trust you to move strongly in this area and we'll hear good reports, good testimonies, and we thank you for it. Amen. 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 Thank you, Larry. Deborah. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, because you really paved the way for what I'm about to share. I think, Pastor Steve, you heard yeah. from the Lord. I was surprised that I was not following Chris. I wanted to follow Chris. But you put Larry in front of me, I said, well, we don't talk same language. But anyway, <laughs> Wednesday, yes, Jesus is the express image of God. But now church supposed to be, and we are not, but we will be very soon, the express image of God. Wednesday evening after church, um, after I found out Pastor Steve put my name on last minute, it's like, like, like he forgot me, you know? And I was driving home. I'm thinking, what am I going to say? Um, I was driving along Lewis Road and just in my comfort zone, speed, know my road, go there every week pitch dark and there's not much many cars I was driving fast and this police police SUV not far probably like right around that corner you know but I'm going like 40 50 speed uh, 40, 50 miles an hour it's like I'm there like in two seconds he suddenly he pulled on his siren light and sound and he's coming right out I'm like I was like, you know, the hair on my body like, stood up. And my whole body was like on alert. Like, you know, immediately I hit my brake. I mean, what else can you do? He's the authority. If you don't hit your brake, you don't stop, it's over for me. <laughs> you know? And I was so troubled going home. I was like, God, what are you doing? He always does this kind of thing. And I always guess wrong what he's telling me. And so I felt like I should just call Pastor Steve and tell him, take me off the list. It's like, oh, I stopped, you know, the police car like went right that way. But like in front of me. Um, and then, you know, I thought, no, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to pray. So I've been in trouble, you know, really being tormented about this. What do I share? But Pastor Steve said, don't preach. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like Pastor Brian was saying. So like, really? And then he said, just say, tell God, uh, tell, tell, tell us what God's been convicting you of. And be vulnerable. I said, okay. I know. God convicts me all the time. Anyway. You know, I'm always the tr in trouble. Like, in this family, everybody is so lovely. And you've been hearing, you know, all those nice watchers. Like, people just gave me their life to God. Like, Eddie, come here at 6 o'clock morning. And, 
And they've been praying over two years, and God really came to convict me, the sinner. So, um, and like he always does, like his message comes in after I finish all my guess of what he's trying to say. This morning, I, I just, you know, he said, well, I'm about to move. And uh, it's like a police cars we always have in our life on the road. They are, they are around us. You know, you see them. They are friendly. They are there to patrol, monitor the traffic, and help, help um, direct the traffic, reduce congestion. Like, they are friendly. They are polite. But in the midst, you know, pitch darkness, like right now in a lot, a lot of our lives, people, people just, you put on a nice face, but you are so so stressed and you're so burdened and you don't even know like basically we are surviving from day to day and god is is about to come onto the scene but when he does and the other day he asked me what do you holy spirit what do you expect god to be like when he shows himself because i was seeking i was waiting and there was this question, what do you expect God to be like when he does show up? I was like, I don't know. But he answered, Holy Spirit brought up this scripture. Exodus 34, verse 6. When Moses actually did ask God to show him what he's like, God did show up for him. And God declared in his own very voice, saying, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate or merciful. I don't know which version it is, but different versions saying merciful or compassionate and gracious, etc. Essence of God is compassion and mercy. If He shows up here today, like we've been all expecting and crying out for, what do you expect Him to be like? That's His expression compassion, mercy. So, and God, when he comes on, right? We have this police car. Sorry, I'm jumping around. I'm sorry. Back to that scene. Now, he's going to show up. And we're going to be disrupted in the most inconvenient way. Like this. It never went on here. But you never know what he's going to do in his presence. He's just going to squash all activities of self. And he's going to disrupt us, like Clara saying. We are going about taking care of our own business. Everything on our mind is, what do I need to do next for myself, for my family? We have very little time for those people around us who are hurting, who are in need. Not talking about going out to for, you know, look for strangers, 
but even in our own life, in our own family. Um, so, so he's going to disrupt us. And he, you know, he's, right now he's with us. And we're enjoying him. But he's going to show up. And all flesh will have to stop. Everything we've been doing in our own way has to be stopped. If you don't stop, it's over for you. Right? <laughs> when the authority, he is authority. His light is not on. He's not really, boom, I'm here in, in my holy presence. But when he does show up, it's not going to be like, you know, all the music, all the dancing. First of all, he's going to say, I'm here, you stop. And I'm moving. That's good. That's if you good. are moving in his direction, you know the car sirens on, you are okay because you know you're not in his way. He's going that way, you just slow down a little bit. But if you are in his way, you know you're gonna hit that brake and you're gonna wish that brake works. <laughs> so there is a self control. That's why we're waiting on God. That's why we're trying to lay down as much as possible. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. So when he does show up, we won't be like Ananias Sapphires. I don't know what I'm doing on time. I think you're, I think you're ready for the impart. I'm ready to stop. <laughs> I have a conviction, though. I have a scripture. Go ahead. Give the scripture. <laughs> Because I, I came on. I want to share my conviction, my weakness. Now, I thought myself, you know, good. Like, because I come all the time to church. And I read my Bible. And I know all the scripture God's been showing me. Except now he's emphasizing differently. And it's like I was blind. And now I see like a Paul, scale fell off. So this specific scripture is this, Matthew 18. I was reading happily along with Pastor Steve and, you know, that schedule he put out. And then I came out to this, Matthew 18. The master and the wicked servant. I'm the wicked servant. And Jesus is a master. It's not the lost out there. He's talking about his servants, those who think they are serving God. And the master was moved with compassion and forgive my sin, all of my sin. I can't use it myself. I'm, I'm going to say people's sin because I'm going to start crying. All right. Um, so the master forgave this servant. The word compassion hit me, actually. Compassion stood out. Um, and then keep moving down, the master, you know, the servant went out, wouldn't forgive his fellow servants, so master brought him in, and then the specific word that master said to him is that, you wicked servant, I forgive you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not have compassion on your fellow servant? He did not say, should you not have forgiven your fellow servant? The compassion word used twice in this parable, I never paid attention to it until when this time, three weeks ago, he convicted me. 
and、uh, compassion. So our God is always moved with compassion. He saved us. He went to the cross not because he wants to give us eternal life, but because he's God. He made us in his own image. His very image is compassion and mercy. He wants to make us in his image. He made us in compassion and mercy. So when Jesus came, Jesus was always moved with compassion, and then he healed. The power of God moved on him with him, because he was moved always with compassion for us. Jesus went to the cross because of his compassion, not because he went up to the. He did not go up to the cross in order to forgive us. No, he went to the cross because he had compassion for us. And、uh, so, the question actually was never about forgive. I know I've I've been there. God's been taking me through, you know, because I was young and you know whatever. It's the first thing that God said, forgive. Or I won't forgive you. I was so bad. So okay, I forgive. Otherwise, he won't forgive me. And then years later, he said, "Take no offense." Oh, I thought that's better. Then I don't have to go through that forgiveness. It's hard. I don't feel it anyway. I don't feel like forgiving anyway. I never really felt that way, you know. So okay, take no offense. All right. Next time, I will, you know, somebody. Offend me. I remember that word. When God says something word to you, it becomes like a shield. It's anointed. It's grace. It's power. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't take offense anymore, and then I don't have to go through forgiveness. Awesome.、Yeah. Not much, seriously. So my battle had become very little, you know, because of that. There's not much warfare, so-called. Warfare, spiritual warfare, attack, curse, whatever. It's like okay, the skies cleared up a lot for me. Okay, but then three weeks ago, God said, "Now, you, you need to have compassion. Forget about forgiveness. Forget about take no offense. You should you not have compassion for your fellow servants." And I said, "Oh yeah, if I have compassion." Then I will not be in defense all the time. You know, I think God is ready to take us on the offense. We've been def- in defense position. We get attacked, we forgive. We get attacked, you know, we try to declare and and confess our identity against the circumstance, against the situation coming against us. But we are always just defending, defending, defending. But God said, "Now, should you not have compassion? Move with compassion, because when we have compassion toward everyone around us, we take on the offense, and we start to dismantle darkness and stronghold. It's、yeah. not so. So, pay attention to this Matthew 18. We do not lack compassion, mercy from God. There is plenty. We owe so much to God." God move with compassion and forgive us all. It's not about us asking God have mercy on me. It's about us moving with a heart of compassion.、Mm-hmm. That's God's heart for others. Have mercy on this person. God have mercy on that person. And when we do that, we will not be put under the torture. 
tormentor, yeah. whatever, yeah. prison. That means some, but a lot of us being locked up. Me, uh, with all my blessings being locked up, it's not manifesting because I had so much compassion in my life from God, but I am not doing the same to others. And that's why I saw my blessings being locked up. It's not stolen by the enemy. If you think enemy has that much power, you don't know God. <laughs> Let's stand up. Time is up. I know, but you're gonna now now release. Pray it over. I want this. Here comes the sirens. Holy Spirit. I know Holy Spirit, Lord, I told you, I'm plain, unworthy vessel. And then you show me a cup of living water in an earthen vessel. And you are that living water. You are not stagnant. You're always moving. You're always cleansing. And Lord, I'm thirsty. We are thirsty. Would you pour out your living water right now on every soul, every heart? We are so thirsty. God, we are so thirsty for your living water, for your refreshing way. Your way is better, so much better. Not our way, Lord. Kill our way, God. Your way is better. Mark, mark the heart, those you have called for this final hour of assault on the kingdom of darkness, God. Mark every heart, every heart being awakened, awakened to the image of God that God made us in. Oh God, I thank you in Jesus' name that, Lord, your kingdom will come, Lord. When we, Lord, they, the saints, do not love their lives to the death, then, Lord, now the angel would declare, the salvation and the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come as we move, Lord. We have the blood of Jesus. We've been confessing our identities. We've been confessing the word of God. We've been confessing truths, but God, Lord, take your church, take us, your body, into the last final stage that we do not love our life to the death. And Lord, yes. let your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Helen. Helen Varela. Yes. Isn't this rich? And you just follow that. You follow this, the, the, the scarlet cord. And that's why, that's why the same thing happens in corporate prayer. You, all this kind of movement of the spirit. Bless you, Helen. I had just last night and today and this morning before I got here to church to get something from the Lord, right? And I kept praying and praying and I couldn't hear anything. And I'm like, Lord, I need you to give me something you want. Tell me what you want me to say or pray or share. And he just said, I will speak through you. <laughs> so 
But I want to read. This is what we do on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights. I love Psalms, and I, I'm sure all of you do. And I want to read Psalms 31, but not the whole thing. I'm going to kind of skip around here and there. So, Lord, I just ask right now that you bless the word, your living word. As I um, read it, Father, I just ask that you just speak to the hearts through it. And thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to start on seven, um, 2. Rescue me quickly. This is on my title on the Passion Translation on 31. It's called How Great Is Your Goodness. Um, so back to 2. Rescue me quickly when I cry out to you. At the sound of my prayer, may your ear be turned to me. Be strong. Be my strong shelter and hiding. My strong shelter and hiding place on high. Put me into victory. Pull me into victory and break through. For you are my high fortress where I am kept safe. You are to me a strong hole of salvation. When you deliver me out of this pearl, it will bring glory to your name. As you guide me forth, I'll keep safe from the hidden snares of the enemy. The secret traps that lie before me, for you have become my rock of strength. Into your hands I now entrust my spirit, O Lord, the God of faithfulness. You have rescued and redeemed me. I, have, I despise these deceptive illusions. In mercy you have seen my troubles and you have create, cared for me. Even during this crisis in my soul, I will be radiant with joy, filled with praise for your love and mercy. You have kept me from being conquered by my enemy. You broke open the way to bring, to bring me to freedom into a beautiful, broad place. And then I'm going to skip over here to 15. My life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. Um, down to 20. So hide all your beloved ones in the shelter and secret place before your face. Overshadow them by your glory, your glorious presence. Keep them from their accusations, the brutal insults of evil men. Tuck them safely away in the tabernacle where you dwell. The name of the Lord is blessed and lifted high for his marvelous miracles of mercy. Protect me. Down to 23. Listen to me, all you godly ones. Love the Lord with passion. Love the Lord protects and preserves all those who are loyal to him down to 24. So cheer up. Take courage, all of you who love him. Wait for him to break through for you, all who trust in him. And that's where I live. <laughs> I know I have to say all of you do, but that's where I live. And um, yeah, I mean, 
gosh, I was 26 when I got saved. I'm not going to tell you how old I am now, but I'm up there. I'm with the seniors. But I'm just, I just want to say that God is, I have seen his goodness. I have seen his faithfulness. My, um, I just want to say that, you know, my, I was raised, um, there was nine of us. My dad, and I was the baby, and my dad never, didn't know how to share love. He didn't know how um, to express love or show it or say it. But he took good care of us. He always took good care of us. And um, so I, I didn't know. Um, the times that I tried and talked to my dad, he would shut me up and say, I don't have anything. There's nothing to say. Um, so I kind of grew up like that. And so I had a hard time talking to God. But he's so good. And, and I just want to share that God is so faithful. And he takes good care of us. And he knows how to speak to us. He knows how to reach us. You know, I, I think I, I, was grow, I grew up with this wall on, on my heart and with, with men, mainly men. And um, a lot of stuff has happened, but I'm not going there. But I just want to say that God is faithful. He's good. And, you know, we're going to, my, in my home, we're starting to walk through this storm. We don't know what's on the other end. But I keep telling my family, my husband, my son, we have to keep our eyes fixed and focused on the Lord. We know that God's faithful. He's done so much for us. And we just have to believe whatever's going to happen. God is in charge of our destiny and our future and our life. So I just want to share that God is so good. And, always, and you know, he knows how to show us how to open our hearts. His goodness alone, his love alone starts to reach our, and go into our hearts and, and starts to build our trust with him. And so, like everybody has been saying this morning, we can't go wrong. As long as we walk with the Lord, we cannot go wrong. And, and this year, since Pastor Steve has opened our schedules for reading the word, I mean, I love it. I'm so enriched with it. I, his word, some of the times when I'm reading his word, it's, it's like I can almost savor it. I can almost taste it. I can, sometimes he gives me images of what I'm reading. I'm like, wow, Lord. And, and, and then I, I'm, I get so excited and I have to share it with my son. I go, Eric, listen to this. So he'll sit down on the bed, and I'll, I start reading it to him. Okay, Mom, read it. And I'll start reading it to him. And, and then I share what I'm getting out of it. And he's like, wow, Mom, wow. So um, I just want to say that, that God, he's everything. Yes, he is. He's yes, everything yes, he is. Yes. for us and to us. Yes. We, we, we just can't go wrong. He takes good care of each and every one of us. Yes. He hears our prayers. I love that. That his ear yes. is open to our prayer. Yes. He might not always answer right away or like 
I would love him to answer me quickly, um, especially when I'm getting desperate. But, <laughs> but you know, sometimes he just makes us wait. We just have to wait, and we just have to believe that he's going to answer it. And we might not, you know, get it the way we were expecting it and wanted it, but we're going to know he answered it. Yes, and, and, and so I love that he hears our prayers. I love that his eyes are always on us. Uh, Psalms 121 talks about how his eyes are always on us. His ears are always attentive to our prayers. Yes. And then, so I just want to share that this morning with you guys. And so, Lord, I just let's, thank you. Let's all stand together, please. Lord, I thank you for your living word, and your word is alive. And I thank you for this, all this time of reading your word through schedules. And I kind of feel like a kindergarten because this keeps me on my toes. Oh, I'm late. I got to read my word. I got to read my schedule. And, and, and it's, that's, it's become so important to me. I mean, we're, sometimes I can't in the morning because, you know, we got things to do. Randy's got doctor appointments. I have to drive him sometime coming home. So, I, oh, man. I, so I'll take my Bible with me. And I'll read it in the car while he's driving or he's in the office with the doctor and I'm in the car reading my schedule. Yes, yes. It's yes. so important to yes. keep reading the word Whoa. of God. Yes. yes. I mean, it does everything. It encourages yes. us. It yes. builds us up. It speaks to us. Yes. It, it, it keeps us sound-minded. I mean, I hate being in chaos. I can't handle chaos. I hate it. I hate confusion. And, and it's like, no, I got to get away. I got to get away. The word of God is so alive. And anything receive, you need, receive. whatever you need, it's receive, here. Receive, it's receive, in his word. Receive, it's life. Receive, it's life. So, Father, I ask that you bless receive, all your people, receive. Father. Bless your people. Put that great hunger in yes. their hearts for more of you, Lord. Yes. More of you, Lord. Your word says that you give us directions. You give us instructions. It's all there. Mm. And, Lord, your Holy Spirit, your beautiful, beautiful Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Fill them all, Lord. Uh, let it overflow, overflow. Let it spill over. Yes. Father, your Holy Spirit is everything we need yes. in our life. He's our advocate. He's our intercessor. He's our strengthener. Yes. He's our comforter. He's our hope. He's our revealer. Yes, He's Lord. our standby. Yes, we receive. He's our standby. He's <laughs> our standby. I know we can run to people. We can run to our family. We can run or even call a pastor or someone in the church. But you know what? Run to your word. Yes. Run to God. Yes. Yes. Run to him first. Yes. You know, we got, we're so used to, you know, calling our friends and saying, hey, I need prayer. But you know what? God is always ready. The Holy Spirit is our standby. Yes. God is always ready to hear our prayers. Yes. And give us what we need. Yes. Strength. Power. Yes. yes. Hope. Yes, Lord. Faith. Yes. Trust. Yes. If we're tired, yes. he'll refresh us. Yes. He'll fill us. Yes. If we're weary, he'll comfort us. Yes. If we're lost, if we feel like we're lost. Yes. 
He will bring us back yes. down that right path, that right track. Yes. The yes. Holy Spirit, I, I love him. He's so beautiful. <laughs> He's so awesome. He's so tender and so yes. gentle. And I love you, Holy Spirit. Yes. I love you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And bless them all, Lord. Amen. 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 Now, that's what you call the full gospel. Uh, Phil, can you leave Sling for a moment and somebody cover you? Uh, and then we're going to have Phil share out of our media team. We just got a couple more. We'll be, we're going to be done just when lunch is ready. It's going to be perfect. Praise the Lord. How, are you enjoying this? I mean, it's I just flowing. I'm, in, I'm loving this. I've got three pages of notes and uh, <laughs> only five minutes. Um, I've got a lot to say in a, in a small amount of time. I just want to say I feel sorry for the people on this side over here because all the speakers are always talking over this way on the left side. So I'm going to talk to you. Good. Good, good, good. But I think the reason why they talk to the left side is there's a portal in that prayer section right there on yeah, that floor. There is. And I've been in that portal, and when the Holy Spirit hits you, man, oh, man, it's off the charts. And I want to talk about that, but I want to give you a little background about moi. I love that story that Deborah said about the police officer. Um, you know, I'm a chiropractor, but I also was a Glendale cop. And the story she told about getting, I think she said she got pulled over, correct? No. Oh, she didn't get pulled over. She okay. pulled over so he could go by. I got it. Okay. My bad hearing on that. No, I'm just good hearing. Um, believe it or not, when I was with Glendale, I pulled over a car that hit the back left tire on the center island on Glen Oaks Boulevard changed lanes without signaling, and almost hit the curb at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I said, this guy can't be drunk. So I led him up. She makes a, a, made a right-hand turn into the back of the DMV parking lot. Guess what that person was doing? Taking their test, <laughs> their written test. That person will never forget their first driving test. <laughs> I walked up to the window, and I said, may I please see your driver's license? And the tester was on the front seat with a big clipboard. And he wrote the big F. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm done. That took her out of the streets for six months before she could retake her test. So at least I saved somebody for six months. <laughs> um, I also have done things where I've testified in court about 300 times in front of judges and juries. But when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to getting up here, um, this is not my opinions like Larry and I talk about it, it over here on Wednesday mornings. And by the way, if you can get here on Wednesday mornings, this has been an eye-opener for me. This has been, uh, the Holy Spirit's been pounding me on those baskets. Whoops. And I have just been saturating those baskets. Here it comes. The oil is pouring over those baskets. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of my life. And that mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you is not just follow you. The better phraseology is it's going to come upon you and overtake you. Yes. Yes. There, yes. there it is. Wow. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Yes. So 
everybody has been up here has, has put something that is in my spirit. Eddie talked about departing from God. I was a prodigal. Uh, I was saved, born again, hope filled with the Spirit, and I left God. I got angry with God. Anybody here been angry with God? Well, yeah. it doesn't happen yeah. to you guys, right? No. Yeah. And then Pastor Brian talked about how he, when we're down here praying, how Martha got distracted. You know, that phone, we talked about that, that cell phone can distract you from what God wants you to pray for. So I put it on mute and don't even, don't even look at it. And then Diana talks about searching him with your entire heart. And I went, wow, how do you do that? Well, the way I do it is I, I, don't, I didn't figure that I was worthy, you know, like Bill and Ted Excellence Adventure, where they said, oh, we're so unworthy, we're so unworthy. And I said that one time to God, so I'm so unworthy, I don't think I should do it. He says, don't you dare say that about yourself. I, my son died for you and put the Spirit of God inside you. You are more worthy than you can possibly imagine. You are going to have fun with me. So I come up here, and I, and I come to Wednesday mornings, and it's not, I mean, being with this guy to pray with is just off the charts. But when Larry and I get together first thing in the morning, you know, Larry, I like Larry because he talks like he's talking to his best friend when he prays. And he's got that New Yorker accent, you know what I mean? And it's uh, bada bing, bada boom, and it's, it's great. I love it. <laughs> so, I, because I, I came back to God, my wife, she's probably watching, it's, it's her fault. She prayed me back into the church. But make a long story short, I had to get back to fundamentals. Now, and, and here's the thing. Why do people watch the World Series, and why do they watch the Super Bowl? And I, we talked about this Wednesday. It's because they're looking at the best in fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I had to get back to my basic fundamentals with the Bible and with the Word of God. And one of the things that God has been working and dealing with me is my big mouth. And I've had to say things, and I've had to repent for things. I've had to zip it. Uh, what was that Morton Downey Jr. TV show back in the 80s? He would just yell at the audience, just zip it, just zip it. And so that would be me. I'd have to do that. But as we're, as we're looking at the, the basic fundamentals, we talked about this on Wednesday the other day, is that the words shall in the Bible is not permissive. There's no wiggle room. And in the penal code, the word shall means that you shall go to jail. You, it is not a, it's not a maybe, you might, you shall. So God says, do you see the word shall in the Bible? Yeah. He goes, that is not permissive. That is going to happen. And so when we get to the, the scriptures, which I don't, I don't have much time to do that, where God says, you shall see them come back, it's not a maybe they might. Yeah. You shall see them. And then I said, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I took that, and then I started talking about and praying out scripture, like P Pastor Steve says, scripture is truth. I want that. It took, I've been here for what, five, six years? And then one day I went, ding. He's been saying it for five or six yeah. years, and all of a sudden the light went off. I go, wow, the, the Word of God is truth, and shall is in the Word of God truth. So I said, okay, I got to start speaking with my mouth the things that are in the Scripture when we pray. And when we pray the Scripture, you know, Pastor Steve will pray a scripture, Brian will pray a scripture, Larry, whatever, and Jamie. And then next thing I know, 
oh yeah, I, I, I got that idea. And then I'll, and I'll pick up another scripture and someone will say, oh, that, that reminds me of another scripture. And we go, and here, and I talked about this, here goes the whirlwind. It just, just starts going, it starts going. In fact, it's moving in here right now. Um, boy, it's ruined. So God says, you know what? I'm gonna prove that my word is true. We don't have time on the scriptures, but we prayed, and I, wrote, I have a journal, by the way. You gotta bring a journal when you come here to the prayer session, you have to. July 27, 2022, we prayed out loud Psalm 147, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 41 for rain in the middle of summer. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. so we're, we're praying. So I go, oh my God, this is summertime. He says, there is going to be snow in the high Sierras in the middle of the summer. I went, am I hearing this right? You know, get, me to, get behind me, Satan. I, I, I don't know. So next thing you know, there's a hurricane up Baja, and it pups up storms over the Sierras, and lo and behold, guess what fell? Snow. Snow. Of course, it didn't stick. It was the middle of summer. But God's saying, see, I told you. And we had, we had rain here, too. Yeah, so we continued to do that. And God would basically, he took me on a progression or a journey through the prayer of those baskets. He said, first, got to trust me that my word means what it says. Then he says, prayer works. And then you have, you're going to identify the problem, and then you're going to pray the word, and then the last thing it says, expect the results. That's faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and then have a plan when the prodigals come back. They're coming back, and we talked yeah. about this at our prayer session. And while I was down here one time with Pastor Steve, I was basically handcuffed to those four baskets for, I don't know, two hours maybe on my knees you know I'm 68 years old I mean you're on your knees a lot you're trying to get back up again you know you need a little WD-40 in the knee joints but as I was I was down there praying in tongues the word of the Lord just and he said and I wrote it down I didn't I didn't have to write it down but I did it because I didn't know what I was going to say up here and I was praying in tongues and the Lord says thus saith the Lord Behold, I have seen the parents. I have seen the grandparents. I have seen the anguish. I have seen their sorrow. I've seen their fear. I've seen their anxiety. I've seen them on their bloodied knees. They've been praying for so long for their prodigals. Oh, boy. He, he said, I am like the father in the story of the prodigal son. He says, I am scanning the horizon, constantly looking for that silhouette to break across the horizon. And soon as I see that silhouette come across the horizon, I'm going to run to that silhouette. And I'm going to grab that child. I'm going to grab that person. Boy, I'm getting goosebumps. Whoa. I'm going to grab that child, and I'm going to put a crown on his head. I'm going to put rings on his fingers. I'm going to put new shoes on there, Nike, Nike tennis shoes on his feet, whatever the case may be. And I'm going to throw a brand new set of clothes on him and I'm going to stick my neck in the, my nose in the side of his neck and take a deep breath in and kiss him. And guess what you're going to smell? Pigs. Yeah. But, but I don't care because you have come back to me. The prodigals are going to come back with worldly stuff on them. And what they smell like and what they're bringing back to us is going to be irrelevant. We are going to accept them and, yes, and bless them because we are designed to be a blessing to others. And the best part was, after that happens, we're going to have a big party. Yes, we are. Woo! 
Yeah. Yes, we are. Praise the Lord. You know, that's a good time. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 1, or, uh, Psalm 145. I will extol you, O God, my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. I will praise your name every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. I just want to say thank you, Lord. I just praise your name. Let's stand up together. End it here? Yeah. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Release it. Go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have prayed for those prodigals and we have anointed them and they, you already told us they're coming back. You told me to pray, no longer praying for them, hoping they're going to come back. It's a done deal. It's over with. It's finished. They're coming back. And we thank you that they're coming back and that the Jubilee Church better be ready. All the healing ministries and all the people, we're going to need a 100% return on our money to, to help these prodigals coming back. We thank you, Lord, for a wonderful church that is about to ignite and, and explode with the prodigals that are going to come in here with the folks that are going to be needing their help, and we need to guide them in the fundamentals as they come back because a lot of them, Lord, are, have missed the fundamentals, and so we have to teach them the fundamentals again. So, Lord, we thank you, and we praise you, and in the name of your most holy Son, Jesus Christ, we say Amen. Hey, amen. 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 Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Thank you. Jamie. Oh. <laughs> can you, you can feel the sound just like you can see what you're hearing. It's just incredible. Jamie, come on. Well, so Steve didn't tell me five minutes. Good morning. So I asked God, God put this together. And I want to thank the previous speakers because you really laid the path and confirmed that what he gave me is what he wants you to have. So he started me out with uh, looking up the word return and gave definitions. And of course, after each definition, I'm going to tell you what his response was to the definition. So we start out with return or returned, returning, returns, is to go or come back as to an earlier condition or place. And he said to God and his kingdom. And the second definition was to revert in speech, thought, or practice. And his response was, as children of God, to the fullness of Christ. The third definition, to revert to a former owner. His response was the creator of all things, Jesus Christ. The fourth definition, to answer or to respond, and he gave me second, uh, second Colossians or Corinthians. I don't know because I put C-O. Anyway, I'm using the Amplified Bible, by the way, so, so it's 416 through 18. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, spiritless, disappointed, or afraid, though our outer self is progressively wasting away Yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. For our momentary light distress, our passing troubles, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory 
a fullness beyond all measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor, and an endless blessedness. So we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. I believe we stepped into the kingdom age about 12 years ago. Everything changed in the spirit realm regarding our authority. If directed by God, we could take on even more principalities and powers with almost no kickback from the enemy. Intercessors' understanding of how to pray changed because of this greater authority. It increased my belief in who our Savior is and that his word is absolutely true. He told us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. So if we're going to establish his kingdom as co-heirs and co-workers together with him, we have to learn to set our eyes on the unseen. We have to spend more time in the Spirit. We need to grow up into the fullness of Christ because we are about to come into the fullness of his inheritance. Hosea 14, 1 to 3. O Israel, return in repentance to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled and fallen, visited by tragedy because of your sin. Take the words, confessing your guilt with you, and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all of our wickedness, accept what is good, and receive us graciously so that we may present the fruit of our lips, which is gratitude and praise. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses relying on military might, nor will we say to the idols who are the work of our own hands, you are our gods. Yeah. For in you, O Lord... Verse four, uh, chapter 14. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, David. I didn't say. You're, you're on the right one. They weren't. Oh, okay. But we're now, we're now together. <laughs> All right. Because it's my favorite chapter. Oh. I do right away. So, for in you, O Lord, the orphan finds love and compassion and mercy. So what are your idols? Your work? Your children? The news? Even ministries can be idols. Yeah, absolutely. So in Matthew 10, 34 to 38, Jesus makes some profound statements. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be members of his old household. Anyone who loves their mother or father more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or their daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 
Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I used to drive by this uh, church with this steeple that was towering above the freeway in Hollywood. And one day I said to the Lord, I said, are you ever there? And he said, no. He said, they don't want me. They've created a God using scriptures that are acceptable to them. It happens too often. The hardest words are the ones that we really need to meditate on because we need the depth of understanding because all of God's word is valuable and true. 1 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 5, for our appeal does not come from delusion or impure motives, nor is it motivated by deceit. Our message is complete, accurate, and based on the truth. It does not change. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel that tells the good news of salvation through faith in Christ, so we speak, not as if we were trying to please people to gain power and popularity, but to please God who examines our hearts, expecting our best. That means whatever you're doing, you're going to your dry cleaning, you know, pick up dry cleaning, you're, you're going to the supermarket. God is with us all the time. He wants us aware of his presence all the time. Our work, we're to do the best that we can. We're not to slack off. Everything we do is unto the Lord. And everything we're to do to please him, and that's to do it with excellence. And to remember that he's right there. I mean, he helps me grocery shop. He helps me pick out melons, okay? My kid one day said, my son Gabriel said, Mom, you pick out the best melons. I mean, tell me how you do it. And I said, I just ask God because my time is not my time. It's God's time. So usually when my hand touches the first melon, it's the one that is the best. I mean, God is really so simple. <laughs> He's so direct. He's always, always right there to help with what we think is just nothing, just simplistic, nothing, and we shouldn't bother him. But he's our friend. Yes, he is. And we're his friend. So um, there are many ways in which we leave our first love. Not wanting to offend is one of those ways, right? Wanting to be pleased or liked is another way. Being politically correct, or woke, as they say today. For myself, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it has the power to save. Yes, it does. Yes, yes. Exodus 21, 29 to 31. You know what? He wants me to skip that for the sake of time. But I'm asking you guys to go look at it because there's a depth there. Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, but he has not removed our response, our, our, our being responsible. 
for our actions. Sometimes we float too much on grace. We need to be responsible. Second Chronicles 6, 37 to 39. If we take it to heart in the land where they have been taken captive, and we repent and we pray to you in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done wrong, and we have acted wickedly. If they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, are you hearing me? Captivity is not fun. But listen what he does anyway, and pray facing their land, which you have given to their fathers, and toward the city which you have chosen, and dwelling place, their prayer requests, and maintain their cause, and do justice, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. So we're to praise God in all things, not for all things, but in all things. So instead of losing your cool, just start praising. Yes, 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 yes. If you start to walk into chaos, take authority and bring in his peace and his presence because where we walk, the ground is holy because the Holy Spirit is in us, not just the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because they're in each other. And Jesus said, we are in them, so they're in us. We need to stop blaming God for the difficulties in our lives and judge our own actions and responses. Surely none of us have suffered what Job suffered, And yet Job was able to say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 38-10 Now do not stiffen your neck, becoming obstinate like your fathers, but yield to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he sanctified and set apart. He set it apart forever. And serve the Lord your God so that his burning anger will turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers, dig this, folks, your brothers, your relatives, and your children will find compassion in the presence of those who led them away captive and will return to this land or to your homes, to your families. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful, and he will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. Now, I'm going to skip some to try to... You got time. Go ahead and do it. You go ahead. Okay, Nehemiah 1, 8 to 10. Please... Remember the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful and violate your obligations to me, God is speaking, I will scatter you abroad among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you who have been scattered are in the most remote remote parts of 
of the heavens. And of course, that's indicating, well, he knew we were going to have space stations, right? And we were going to be going to other planets, evidently. But as in Romans 8, it says, to the deepest parts of the sea. So God is saying, I can come and bring them back from everywhere. Yes, yes. He says, um, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I have chosen for my name to dwell. Now they are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. And wherever his name is being lifted up in praise, there is his kingdom. In Romans 8, 31 to 39, don't you guys love Romans 8? What then shall we say to all those things? You guys, I, first of all, God, I pray that every single person here and every single person within the sound of my voice, Lord God, takes this into the deepest part of them, this truth, God, into the deepest part and doesn't allow themselves to go where the enemy is trying to take them in Jesus' name. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charges against God's elect, his chosen ones? It is God who justifies and declares us blameless and putting us in a right relationship with himself. Who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died. He paid our penalty. And more than that, who was raised from the dead and who was at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us. Who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Just as it is written, forever remains written, for your sake we are put to death all day long. He didn't promise us a rose garden. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is it's in Christ Jesus our Lord, who is in us. 
Proverbs 12, 14, a man will be satisfied with the good from the fruit of his words, and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him as harvest. We need to believe the word of God as situations arise in our lives. There is creative power in the words that we write and think and speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Please, beloved, choose life. Acts 3, 18 to 20. And so God has fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ, Messiah, anointed, would suffer. So repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Regret past sins and return to God. Seek his purposes for your life. Really important right now, kids. So that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out, and completely erased. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord restoring like a cool wind on a hot day. Isn't that beautiful? That's our God. Our God restores us. Our God provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we are not alone. Our God is with us. And, and so you read the rest. It was up there. My last scripture. In Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is within you. Nor will people say, Look here, here it is, or there it is. For the kingdom of God is among you because of his presence. Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer a petition to God in Matthew 6:10 Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven This prayer shows the importance that Jesus gave to the kingdom of God From uh, Jack Hayford's spirit-filled Bible um, says says this can we not say that the kingdom of God will come on the earth when the will of God is as respected here as it is in heaven? When the visible world totally reflects the invisible world? This is me. I think we can. We have the authority. We just need to start exercising it. In the kingdom of God, everything is subject to God's will. The kingdom of God is eternal at the present time. It is an invisible kingdom right here in our midst. Wherever there, wherever there are those who honor Jesus Christ, the king, and wherever the spirit of the king is, there is the kingdom of God. We are 
the kingdom of God, the first kingdom. God wants us to take the eight mountains of society, and we all have a part in that. That's part of our destiny. So let us do what Jesus said we would do, which is greater things than even he did when he was here. Yes. Let's stand together. No, I want you to release. Right. Yeah, let's all stand together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise your holy, holy, holy name. God, I, first of all, God, I am part in the name of Jesus, the fivefold ministry into each and every person here and each and every person who is hearing my voice in Jesus' name. God, you have fully equipped us for the destinies for which you've called us. And Lord, I thank you, Lord. Maybe, maybe if you could put some Holy Spirit blinders on us like you do on, on uh, like we do on horses, that'd be kind of awesome, Lord. But you are the lifter of our head, God. Yes. So I'm asking and declaring that you are lifting the heads of these people. Yes, you are. In Jesus' name. And yes. I'm declaring that they have your mind yes, and that Lord. they hold well, your thoughts yes, and your purposes in theirs. And they let go of their own. Yes, Lord. Because really, we don't need them anymore. Yours are the truth. Yes, Ours are. are a bunch of wounding lies that we need to let go of and move on. Yeah, yeah. So, God, I just thank you, God, that you are transforming us. And you have already Whoa. equipped us. And we are stepping in to our destinies in you. And we are going to take this world that, for us, has never looked worse. And we are going to turn it into something, Lord God, that changes nations around the world because you have called this nation to be a light on a table, a light to the nations, God. So I thank you, Lord, that everyone, you're gathered into the place that you've called them and given them everything that they need to accomplish it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jim. Thank you. We've got... Time for one more, and that happens to be the last person scheduled. So, Allie, come on up. Uh, you can, and then we're going to be ready for lunch. One thing I want just to point out, because I know Jamie and I pray with Jamie, that there is, if you want to start carrying the weight of God, just speak his word, his, his, his Bible. He responds to the Bible, and you don't have to believe it. Just receive it. It's, and then it starts to find a way of changing how you feel, how you think, and begin before long. It becomes the language, like you, Jamie said, your mind says, I don't need my mind anymore. I've got yours. Right? I'm just going to stay with the mind of Christ. Allie. Yeah. Um. About maybe seven months ago, I, um, I felt like the Lord said, I was just struggling. And 
feeling stuck and I felt like the Lord said to kind of come away with him for a while and so I was able to for a month go like get an Airbnb and um, be with him and also during that time go to a transformation center like an inner healing thing I signed up for it and um, it was I had my expectation of what I thought that time was going to be and uh, during, it was kind of like a telehealth kind of like transformation center meeting. So there was a lady, I just got on my computer and then at a specific time she came and she came on and, and we started kind of, as you do, going over your stuff and then asking the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, where do we go from here? And is there anyone you need to forgive? And um, I feel like the answer is always yes for that question. I don't know. <laughs> There's always somebody I could that pops into your head or something. And um, so we started going through these things. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is working or I don't know. You're not telling me the things I really want to hear, God. You're not dealing with the things I, I wish you would deal with. But okay, like I'll just do whatever. I was like really desperate and I wanted to hear him. And so I did this twice. I did the Transformation Center thing, and it was really good. And they kind of walked me through how to even forgive people and what that is. And, you know, I said things like, uh, for this person, um, I forgive you for making me feel powerless. And at one point, both my ears, like, popped open. And they weren't even closed before. But I, had, I was like, ooh, we're onto something there. Okay, so then we stayed a little while on that. And, and then during that time, um, I would go for these walks, and I literally had nothing to do for a month except be with the Lord. And um, that sounds amazing and is amazing, but it's but also it's awkward because you're taken away from your normalcy of life and like what you normally would do and all the things, you know, the people you would go to or the things you would do to kind of escape from things as opposed to, you know, and and um, the distractions and all of that is kind of just all lifted. And so I would go spend time in prayer and um, God would bring up other people to forgive and other situations to bring before him. And I would go for walks and, and a person's face would pop up in my mind of like, oh, okay. Like, well then God, I, I give you this person and I forgive you so-and-so for um, this, that, or the other. And this was like periodically throughout my time there of like forgiving, letting go, um, and reconnecting to the Lord. And so then I would go to the prayer room in the mornings and um, like without an agenda or anything. I mean, I did have an agenda. Like I wanted him to talk to me about specific things. But it's almost like instead of him talking about those things, he kept talking to me about healing. And I just kept thinking, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Yeah, God, but, but what about this? Like, what exactly do you want me to do? Like, where should I live? What should I do? I need, like, specific things. And he was like, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. And I was like, I don't even know what that, I don't even know what that looks like, like, in my everyday life. Like, how do I do that? And what do I do? And, um, and so I left that month time, and it was beautiful and powerful, but I still had kind of a big question mark of like, uh, I don't know that I 
have really specific answers for things, God. But I feel like you told me to come here, and I feel like you told me to do this. And um, then I, uh, so I came back home, and then I heard about this healing conference, and it, it was highlighted to me because the Lord had been talking to me about healing. And, um, and so I signed up for this conference. Again, it wasn't around here. I had to go get an Airbnb and like go over there for like a little while. I think it was like three or four days. And the thought in my head was like, how dumb can you be? Like, if I'm being honest, like that was a thought in my head. Like, I don't, this is, these are resources I don't want to be spending. This is like, I'm going back to a place I don't even know why I'm really going. And I kind of felt like, I think the only reason I went to this healing thing conference is because I had sent out an email telling everybody I'm gonna be gone on these dates and prepping. And I didn't wanna tell people, just kidding, no, I'm not. So I didn't change my mind just because I was like, I already told people I was gonna go and I don't know, now I don't know what to say. And, and so I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna go. and. Um, like, there's something about being obedient to the voice of the Lord in the best way that you can. Like, I know that sounds kind of weird, but we don't always know exactly. We don't always have the clearest picture of what he's asking us to do. So it's like, I'm going to go this way because I think you're going this way. Oh, God, would you come with me? Oh, God, would you help me? Help me to hear your voice, God. Um, because I'm your sheep and I can hear your voice. And at the same time, I really need your help. And so um, I went to this healing conference, and um, I think it was night number one, maybe, or number two, I don't remember. But at some point, I'm sitting there with my pad of paper and my pen, because I'm like, well, he's telling me about healing, and so I want to, like, learn how to, like, pray for the sick or get, like, some, I don't know, some teaching or figure something out or listen for his voice. And I was sitting there and this guy goes up and he gives a testimony. And as he's giving his testimony of his back being healed, I think it was, um, he can't get through it because it starts to get really thick in the room. The Holy Spirit is there. And he just kind of starts going down. And we all were just kind of like, smiling and looking at him and he I think he was like a, a firefighter this manly like this tall like muscly guy and he's like trying to fight it so hard and he's like trying to shake it off and he's like I okay and he'll like he kept starting over his testimony to try to like get through it and it was getting worse and worse and worse and he was like unable to stand and he was stumbling and he was like laughing and um so those of us that were sitting there were like, haha, like we're just kind of like chuckling, like, because this guy is hilarious, because he's just, he keeps fighting something that you can't really fight, and like, he's not winning, and it's a whole, it's a whole thing, and now everybody's laughing, and the Holy Spirit's getting thicker in the room, and um, okay, that was awesome, and all these people got healed, and it was beautiful and wonderful, and the next day, um, I woke up and I felt like this lightness and I felt like, oh, like I'm so expectant, I'm so excited. And that feeling kind of grew, like as the days went on, that feeling, it was like I could barely even sit still. And I couldn't tell you like, I mean, 
did someone lay hands on me? No, I was like laughing at somebody. That was, I was laughing at something that was funny happening in the room and the way the Holy Spirit was moving and it looks like there was joy in the room and we were all kind of laughing. And, um, and so I realized like at some point, like there's something in there that wasn't in there before. And I was like, oh my gosh, like God, I, I, I don't even know what this is, let alone did I do anything to get it to come, nor can I keep it there. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, and I'm so excited. And I, I just like, anywhere I went, I literally just wanted to run in place because I didn't know what to do with myself because there was like a thing on the inside that was exciting and, I, and alive. And, um, and so I was like, God, I don't know. At some point I was going to go pray and I was like, God, I'm so, I'm nervous that this thing that you put on the inside of me, I'm not going to be able to sustain this. And then after a period of time, it's just not going to be there anymore. Because I don't know, I didn't do anything to put it there. I don't know how to keep it there eventually I'm going to mess this up. Like, let's be real. I am eventually, I'm going to make some mistake. I'm going to not do something. I don't know. And the Lord told me to, he's like, do you remember this? There was a concert some singer did that I never really watched the whole thing of it. And he was like, I want you to listen, go on YouTube and listen to this concert. And I was like, okay. And at one point in the concert, she stopped singing and she said, she was talking about the fire of God. And she was like, um, this flame is not fragile. And I just was like, oh God. Yeah, and like God is so capable to do all by himself what we're just not strong enough to do and um, yeah there's there's something about the returning that is where we get to lean on the Lord and where we get to lean on our beloved and let go of the striving and let go of um, what we've previously experienced or known and just be like, I don't know. I don't know God and I'm not strong in myself and I'm probably gonna mess this up if left to my own devices. But I'm going to come up from the wilderness leaning on my beloved. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to trust that you are who you say you are. And in this relationship, you're the strong one. Yes. And when we had that moment in worship where it was like, let's just stop for a second. There is, you know, there's, there's the, there's, it's all the Lord. It's like there's times when we strap up our bootstraps, our combat boots, and we head out into war with the Lord and, and we're intentional about, you know, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And I wanna partner with you and I'm gonna do the warfare that you're leading me into, whatever that looks like. 
And there's moments where we get to just like let go of our own strength. And almost like, as it were, just lay down on the floor and, and let it go. Because, you know, I'm not God, um, but he's so big, like he's so big. And the preschoolers did a, um, it's like in the hallway, it's still over there, but they did like this, I don't know, a paper, a visual. And on the bottom, it says, these things are big. And it's like a whale and the ocean and the sky and the universe and all these things. These things are big. And then up here it says, but God is bigger. And it has, you know, a, a picture of chains breaking, and it has a picture of that sea splitting in two, and it has a picture of an empty tomb, and, you know. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, there, there's just, I felt like on, on, we had, I don't know if it was the last Wednesday, I forget, but at some point it was raining, I think it was last Wednesday. And I went out there because it was raining and I was like walking around as people were praying and just kind of like holding my arm out so I could feel the rain. And as I was praying and um, the reason I think I shared this testimony, it's like not super vulnerable, I guess, but, but I, I felt like the Lord, it's a picture of what he is doing, not what he's going to do, but it's a picture of what he is doing. He's pouring out his spirit. He's causing hearts to return. He's cleaning us up. He's setting us up for success. He's, he's setting us in a place where we're dependent on him, but also we know who he is. You know, we're not like, oh God, I, if you don't do this, like I'm gonna be in bad shape. But it's like he's getting us to the place with these reading of scripture, being in his word, where it's like we know him. So there's an expectation of good. There's an expectation of who he is when he comes into the room. It's like we know who that is. We know he's a healer. We know he's a deliverer. We know he can do things we can't do. We know he does, he's creative and can work creative miracles. He can find a way to find a person in all their junk, and they might not know how to get out of that junk, but he 100% knows how to take a person and go like this and put them right into the light. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He can do things nobody else can, can yes, do. Lord. Like, we all know this. Yes, and I, as I was like, had, had my arm in the rain on Wednesday, um, I felt like the Lord was like, well, that's your testimony. It's like, it's one drop. It's one of those drops is you being, you having that flame put on the inside of you and you being filled with the Holy Spirit and all of that, it's, it's a drop, but I'm raining. There's many, 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 many drops. There's so much water that he's pouring out. It's so beautiful and powerful. And so I just want to release that. Yeah, stand and, um, up this is yeah really, just yeah. stand Very up. profound. And, Receive this. This is really, really key. Yeah. My favorite testimonies are the ones where I, I couldn't do anything, but, but Jesus showed up. So just as best as you can, just don't do anything right now. Because his presence is in the room and he loves you and he knows what to do 
in your situation and in your heart, in your life. He knows exactly what to do. And so, Father God, if you receive, if you receive, God. Yeah, that, and I just, I invite you, Father, to just breathe in every single heart right now in the name of Jesus. That Ruach breath of life, that, um, that fire of your Holy Spirit, I thank you, God. You're no respecter of persons. You're going to reach people that aren't even in the room. And God, I just thank you that um, in our weakness, God, we're strong. That you're close to those that are brokenhearted. That your, your fragments and your pieces, they don't disqualify you at all. They're like a magnet to the presence of the Lord, to the moving of the Lord in your life. And so, yeah, we just release the presence of the Lord in this place. In Jesus' name, God, we receive. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Okay. You can be seated for just one minute. We're going to pray and ask a blessing on the food. Ali, thank you so much. That was, I had a profound experience just like that on Wednesday, which was, I kept... And the Lord had told me that you, I'm to share it on Sunday morning. So it was very affecting on how he's coming in this next season. He gets to be God and we don't have to be anymore. <laughs> we just can walk with him, agree with him, receive him in all things. But um, uh, we're going to have lunch. If you have a moment and there's those resources, but next to also there's a chance. If you're, if you're stirred to be a part of one of the prayer watches, you can just sign up freely and come within that time and it's back there, you can do that. Uh, we're gonna meet at back here again at one o'clock. Uh, you'll hear worship so you'll know. I know it's, and then uh, those who are in the session, the afternoon session, we're gonna meet at 12.45 in, over in the prayer center at the soaking room so we can, tie this up. I believe God's going to fill, complete the bow and send us home in glory and anticipation and with many, many blessings. I, I know I have already. Have you? So, so Lord, we just thank you for a great time. Now is coming a beautiful time. It's part of the Feast of Sukkot. It's eating, laughing, talking, and celebrating the faithfulness and goodness of God. Bless all who have worked so hard to make this feast, and let us enjoy you and one another as we eat together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.